Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, a weekly podcast doused in alcohol and lit with knowledge. Clinkies! Hello. Hello. What up, everybody? How's it going? Hello, man. <laughs> I'm Andrea. And I'm... <laughs> that I've, been, was... I've been thinking about how I was going to do that all day. <laughs> that, that really, like, stripped me up. I was about to say something else. And then... <laughs> okay, I'm Andrea. And I'm Tom. Yes. What up? I was going to say, our dog is in here, and he's polluting, and he looks really cute. Yeah, he's cute for now until he starts slobbering all over the place and we have to pause for 20 minutes. Yeah, it's the barking. That's yeah, the... that'll happen. Just wait for it. Uh, this is episode 57. Of We Drink and We Know Things. The podcast. A weekly, mostly, podcast uh, that we do um, together. Yeah. If you're new to the show, what's up? Yeah. Thanks for Hi. hanging out. Hello. Welcome. All right. Hello. Or welcome back. Yes. Hello. We've been getting a lot of new listeners. We're very excited about yeah, it. Yeah, man. What's up? Happy to have y'all. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, and yeah, so each week, for the most part, we tell each other a few different stories. You tell me a story I don't know about. I tell you a story we yeah. don't know about. This week, you're for, the just, most part, for the most part. You see how I did until that? somebody. You see how delicately doesn't I, do research. I did it. I just didn't do all of it. Uh-huh. So most likely, this is going to be a just Andrea. Uh, Episode. It's not a most likely. That's yeah. what's going down. <laughs> but hopefully, I still bring a good story to the table. You always bring it. You always bring it well. <laughs> uh, man, real quick. Um, uh, well, really excitingly, we have hit over a oh hundred follow or uh, reviews Nailed on it. iTunes. Yes, as of today, we're at like hundred and two reviews. So exciting! Holy we had, we had somebody shit, actually man. waiting to be our hundredth yep. review, which I think is amazing. Thank you yep. for that. I'm pretty I think sure you that have was Frank their... Lindsay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. So just to shout out the last couple of reviews, uh, Kells five one seven, Frank Lindsay, Sage Charb. And Tammy Joe thirty nine. Thank you, guys. Man, that should help so much, man. If you have the time and you haven't reviewed us or rated us on Apple Podcasts, man, please do that. That would be fucking rad. Yeah, I mean, and also love that shit. We, it that helps. Shit. I fucking refresh that shit. Oh, same. I check I, every day. Only like five times. I'm just because I'm just waiting for the really bad one. Ooh, it's coming for us. Like we got like somebody saying relationship goals, and then I'm just waiting for the one where it's do like, they even they, know do things? They, do they even like each other? They... they suck. <laughs> This podcast sucks. Yeah, well. Yeah, it happens. Par for the course, right? Yeah, man. But, but we haven't had one bad one yet, so that's pretty exciting. That's pretty and dope. it really helps us motivate us. Like, I mean, it makes me feel really yeah. good to know that people are enjoying our stuff because yeah. it's hard to put in a lot of time and effort to think that exactly. if, if you think people aren't listening. But so. the reward is every review is just like, fuck yeah, yeah let's keep going, it is man. exciting. Let's get, we got to do more shit. Because we're just, we're small. Yeah. We just do this in our office on like whenever we can. We're grassroots. Grassroots. We're grassroots. Mm. Yeah, man. So I mean, we. I'm. I can't believe we broke a hundred reviews. I think I that's know, so I'm dope. So excited. It's so cool because we're we're not influencers. We're not celebrities. Yeah, I know that's not like that's probably doesn't sound huge to a lot of people, but to us, it's pretty. Oh, exciting. for us, it's amazing. We've been talking about it since we started the podcast. We th- I thought we would get there just a touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Well, people write reviews as frequently as we put out episodes. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, man. Hope y'all. Times are still crazy. Summer yep. winding down. 2020. Hope everybody's washing their hands and staying safe. Yes. Hope all your peoples are staying safe. Yep. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. I know. So crazy right now, man. Uh, but there was a cool thing that happened. Motherfucking DC oh, mm-hmm. flexed 
they flexed yesterday with Fandom, and it was like a digital Comic-Con kind of thing, kind of revealing all their big stuff that they have coming up. Yeah. And they dropped that motherfucking Batman trailer. With uh, Robert Pattinson Robert playing. Pattinson's. Yeah, he's Sparkle Boy. Sparkle Boy Batman. <laughs> kicking some fucking ass. He looked so fucking... He was kicking... He beat the brakes off of that dude at the end of the trailer. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't... I, <sighs> Yeah, I you were know. talking a lot of shit last night about how no, you don't care about Batman. I just don't. He's like my. I would say he's the world's well, favorite. Well, I detective. like. Okay, my favorite superhero. Funny enough, I love Marvel movies. Like you, I love we the do, Marvel. We collectively, we watch more those than shits DC. All the time. But oh, okay, cracking into it. <sighs> but I, my, growing up, my all-time favorite superhero is Superman, which same, is DC. Actually, same. Uh, I just don't. I've never been a huge Batman fan. I don't. I, I don't dislike it. I've always watched all the Batman movies. I don't not watch them. I just yeah. I didn't love the. Um, I don't think I loved Ben Affleck. I don't you know. I don't think you love Ben Affleck's really. As I, a, I don't dislike Ben Affleck. I just he was going through a lot at the time, and I still think he did a good job. And he's coming back. Yeah. They announced that him and Michael Keaton are coming yeah. back for the Flash movie. I think the Michael Keaton thing's really cool. Yeah, I think that's super fucking dope. Then George Clooney's Batman with uh, the nipples so, will be there. Yeah, I mean, we Michael Keaton. He's he's the he's goat. A, yeah, he's a genius. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Don't say it again. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah, I got you that sick Beetlejuice dress by the way. Yes, you did. Yeah. So I just recently. It's weird. This is crazy. I love all things like horror. All every horror movie. You know, I love watching those. I love Halloween movies. I never watched Beetlejuice until recently, yeah. and then I watched it like three times in a row, and I'm obsessed with it now. Shit's tight. And you got me, you ordered me randomly a Beetlejuice yeah. dress, and I'm so excited about it. It's so cute. <laughs> well, I've been ordering a lot of, like, work clothes and stuff. For you. And, and you I really was... enjoy opening packages. Well, and I yeah. Like, She's going to get pissed at me. No, I'm just jealous. Yeah. Like, I, I come home, I'm like, oh, there's a package on the front porch. It's not, not for, for me. Nobody. <laughs> I got, oh, a LG&E bill. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fat. But you also got me some My Neighbor... Totoro. Yes. Um, leggings. Leggings. Because Yasuo is getting me into Studio Ghibli movies. If you guys haven't watched any of those, on, they're fun. I think next for us is Kiki's delivery service because that's what we call our cat, too, man. Yeah. Um, and it's got a cat in it's it. It's about, yeah, she's like, a, she's like a little, I think she's like a witch. Yeah. And she has like a delivery service on her if magic you all, if, uh If you guys are listening, well. You're doing great. If you guys are watching Studio Ghibli movies, let us know what your favorite one is. Yeah, because we're on HBO Max right now. So if you have any, and if you oh. have any gems in general. Uh, that we need to see because uh, uh, we have speaking one. Speaking of a gem. We have a motherfucking gem. I found, I was cooking and I, what, what, I don't remember what I watched. It was some movie that I liked that was on and then it went off and this other movie was coming on and I was like, I'm not, I don't know what this is. I don't think I'm going to watch it. And so, but I was like, fuck it. I'm going to IMDB it. Fuck and it. like, cause it had a lot of, like it was a Matt Damon movie. And I was like, what is Matt this? Matt Damon. So I like IMDB it and I read the you know, whatever about it. And I was like, this actually kind of sounds interesting. Yeah. So I left it on. It's got, it's called Suburbicon. Holy shit. I think it, when did it come out? It's like not super old, but. No. I think like 2017 or something. Yeah, George Clooney directed it. Yeah, right? George Clooney directed it, yeah. So I ended up watching the whole thing and I'm just like, I, he, Tom calls me and he's on his way from work and I'm like, I just, I just, I just watched this movie and I don't know how it got like, so underrated or like not watched or I didn't even know about it. Like I've never heard of it. I don't even remember ever seeing a trailer for it or anything. Big names. And so I was like, 
Julianne you, Moore's you, in it, I think. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. She plays two people. But I was like, "Hey, you wanna? Will you watch it with me again? Because I can't explain it to you." And so we we watched it. I love it. I it was good. I lightweight love when you call me and you're like, "Yo, I just fucking." <laughs> I got. I gotta talk through some shit. I don't want to watch this. I don't want to give anything away because there's so many like ups and Murder. downs and twists and turns. But like, well, I guess you would call it like a dark comedy. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it almost kind of like a whodunit too. Like you're kind of trying bit, to yeah. It's this is really work your I, way through. I it. really enjoyed it enough that yeah. I watched it twice. Yeah, I could watch that shit again. It was good. Yeah. So that's our uh, gem of the week gem movie because we do it every. We don't do it every week. But, also, you know. if I love any suggestions from people, yeah. we'll watch. We will watch that. Mainly, shit. not mainly, but I love a good psychological thriller psychological thriller <laughs> why did you say it like that did i <laughs> even did it with the fingers I didn't do it on purpose it's the greatest it's the greatest <laughs> genre of film uh, I, I like i promise it's backed by suspense science. movies psychological thrillers horror movies yeah that's all my jam I, apparently dark comedies too i, I really know. fuck with thrillers a lot too i would say that's probably one of my favorites i'm i'm a sucker for oh it also had movies, um though, man it also had, um, what's his face? The guy who plays Poe in the Star Wars movies. I had the hardest time remembering who the fuck you were talking about when you, Oscar Isaacs. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 I was like on the phone with him and I was like, it also has Poe. And he was like, I was like, Edgar Allen? What the fuck like, are you talking Poe. about? And he's like, who? I was like, Poe Dameron. I kept thinking about Poe. Oh, you got to say his full name. <laughs> I was thinking about fucking Poe from, uh, Kung Fu Panda, and I was like, Jack Black. <laughs> I've never even seen Kung Fu Panda. Jack, yeah. I was like, Jack Black is in this? Is this weird? <laughs> okay. I'm with it. So I, I can never remember that guy's name. I really like him, but I can never. Oscar Isaacs. Yeah. He has two first names. Yeah. I guess that's. That's a good, good way to remember, remember it. it. Oh, <laughs> shit. That's some crispy shit right there. What are you drinking there? Rose. Yeah, I'm drinking a Bud Light. Keeping it class act over here, buddy. You want to do one? It's not going to even really. <laughs> that was so lame. Oh, uh, fuck. I'm going to edit that shit out. It didn't out. do anything. It nope. just went boom, boom. <laughs> Uh, I think that's all my bullshit. Uh, well, I will say we had to have a plumber come out. Man. Because we've been noticing spots on our ceiling. It's like black spots of death. In our living room. It's like really foreboding And the office where we're at right now. And we were really confused because there's no pipes like where the stuff is. So we were like, what could be leaking? Yeah. And so we finally had a plumber out and Tom keeps the air hold on really hold really on. cold i didn't know we were going into accusatory town here but that's literally what it is our, I, that, our, was, that was how i rationalized it our hvac is literally sweating sweating it's because tom keeps it so cold i just think it's working it's it's working up a sweat mm-hmm. and the price you pay is ruining your ceiling for comfort yeah so we black mold for comfort we have a new uh Got to keep it on at least 71. Yeah, and a super cool hole in our ceiling right Got now. Got a hole in the ceiling. get this worked out, so it's super tight. Super. That might be one of the reasons we're a little late getting this episode out. Actually. Yeah, we had a lot going on. A lot popping. A lot popping. But yeah, with that, uh, I'm not telling a story this evening. I am. You are. Everybody's hyped for that. They love mm-hmm. your stories, buddy. All right. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> what sucks about being the only one to do a story is that I have to barely, I barely get to drink while I do I'll do the drinking for both of us tonight. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Editing job's going to be tight on this one. <laughs> okay, so okay, so I'm doing something a little bit random. Oh, you've been doing you've been you've been doing something. I know. And I hope that people like that because I've not been doing like There's been a lot less decapitation. Yeah, a lot less yeah, of like just 
yeah. true crime, true crime, true crime or sure, whatever. Sure, sure. But I've just been finding different stories that I find interesting and want to bring them to the table. Bring them all the way to the table. Bring them to the mic. To the mic. Oh, drop into the mic stand in the booth. Okay, so this evening... Mm. I'm going to be telling you about the Dion quintuplets the Dion quintuplets Mm -hmm. that's the documentary you were watching you motherfucker I was watching a documentary about the brothers that all look the fucking same no no those were three (laughs) those are triplets do you see how confident I sounded like I knew what you were talking about nope nope fucking idiot not that so you never heard of the Dion? No, Quintuplets. I thought you were. I, I thought it was the three. I didn't realize uh, it was no. three. Okay, okay. No, no, no. Uh, this is quintuplets. Okay. So five. I knew that. And... I wasn't waiting for you to say it. I knew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I had never heard anything about it either okay. until I found it and did all this research and was like, "What the fuck?" Okay, so let's get into it. I guess. Yeah. Let's um, do it. So the Dion quintuplets were born May twenty eighth, nineteen thirty four. Oh. And owed. They are the first. They were the first quintuplets known to survive their infancy. So, ever uh, until that point. Whoa! Even in that, I mean, it's crazy to think about. Because yeah, crazy childbirths. Pro- I mean, back in the day. Yeah. More than one of them comes out there like. Yeah. Abandon fucking. Yeah. <laughs> just get after it. Yeah, and I mean, like, and that's like noted. So like, who knows? Somebody. Sure, I'm sure. Yeah, I but, don't know, but yeah. yeah. The, so they were identical girls. All girls born just outside Colander, Ontario, in Canada. That's why you shake every all the yeah. moisture out, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So the Dion girls <laughs> were born two months premature, and they still survived infancy in 1934. Yes, <laughs> you threw me for a loop there. I want you to know I was paying attention right now. Um, so they're uh they were born in this order: uh, Yvonne, mm-hmm. then Annette, mm-hmm. then Cece. Uh, Cecile. Okay. Uh, or Cecil. Cece- Cecile. Um, Emily and Marie. Okay. Okay. There's a one in 54 million chance of having quin- quintuplets. Tuplets. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So, and, and their mom, who I'm about to get into, you know, she was only 24 when she, and this was not her first pregnancy. Really? Oh, yeah. We'll get into that. Oh. So, um, the parents of the Dion, it was the Dion family, right? Uh, it was Oliva. Oliva is the name. Dad's name is a really weird name. Oliva, and her name is Elzia. Okay. Okay. I, I had a. I'm find, excited for you to say that 15 more times. I had to find the, the pronunciation, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that's Oliva. And Oliva was the father. Oli- the, the dad. Oliva. O l i v a. Oliva. Oliva. And okay, cause this is this is how it's spelled. E L Z I R E, and it's Lazia. That's how it's pronounced in everything I watch. Okay. So I don't know. They got married September fifteenth, nineteen twenty-five. They lived just outside Corbell in a farmhouse. Also, oh, they have like are those like French names, I guess. Yeah, they were, literally. My next thing I was about to say is that they were French speaking, uh, a French speaking farming family with five older children. Before. And this girl was 24 years old? Yes. That's what they said in the documentary. They end up having 10 kids? Oh, buddy. They have more than that. What so, do you mean they have more <laughs> than that? That's... So the, the five older children are Ernest, Rose Marie, Teresa, Teresa, Teresa. I mean, it's probably pronounced differently because they all have. I like Teresa. It's French. Like the uh, Daniel and Pauline. 
who was only 11 months older than the quintuplets. Get that man off of that poor woman. And then a Are you fucking... She's dangerously fertile. They Get had a-, a sixth child, Leo, who actually died of pneumonia shortly after his birth. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Then, um, so they had all the... All of those kids were aged between two and seven when they had the quintuplets. Okay. And then they had three sons after the quintuplets. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> all they had 13 of a, kids. Junior, Victor, and Claude. They waited till kid number 11 for four, Junior? 14 kids total. Holy fuck, bro. Yeah. So. That fucking woman. I know, right? She's fucking powerful. Well, it would have been 15. What does it take to have 14 kids? Powerful woman. That man very better powerful. That man better be working. <laughs> Well, if he's they're, going, if they're a farming family. Are they family. Catholic? Like what? Fam- farming family. Just... He needed farm hands. You want to grow <laughs> <Yeah>. the farm? <laughs> grow the family. So, uh, Elzia actually thought that she was carrying twins, um, but no one was aware that, you know, quintuplets there was, was even possible. So, they there. didn't know at all. Um, in 1938, the doctors actually had a theory that was proven correct later when genetic tests were showed that the girls were identical, meaning they were created. From a single egg cell. Holy, that's a busy-ass egg. Right. And she actually reported having cramps in her third uh, month and passed a strange object, which they think was actually a sixth fetus. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. So it would have been small because she was only three months in. But, yeah. So Dr. Alan Roy Defoe, sorry, not Defeo. Defoe. Defoe is credited with... Um, the successful live birth of the quintuplets. Do you think it was just like, what the fuck? What (laughs) What? the fuck? There's more? They're still coming out over it! And this woman had all of these. Naturally. In her home with no electricity, no running water. Holy fuck. We have it so fucking. Pushed all of. I'm terrified to have birth in a hospital with an epidural. I mean, I'm terrified to have a child. I'm terrified. Yeah. Yeah. And they already had so many kids. I couldn't imagine, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's fucking just regular fucking every other year for them at this. I mean, no. I mean, she's definitely fertile. Dangerous. Mm -hmm. I mean, aggressively fertile. So originally he diagnosed her with a fetal abnormality. So I guess he just thought that like. Something was weird in there. Yeah. Like she's just really big for some reason. Uh I don't know. Like it's just going to be a big ass baby. Uh, Yeah. Big ass couple babies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So he delivered the babies with the help of two midwives and they were actually summoned in the middle of the night to come help. But it was successful, and they got all the babies out. Uh, Emily and Marie shared an embryonic sac. Annette and Yvonne shared an embryonic embryonic sac. And it is believed that Cecil shared an embryonic sac with the miscarried sixth baby. What? So I guess they know when they come out, you know. They just know. They're in like a little... Yeah, you're, you're in a little sac. Oh, my like, God. If you didn't... Yeah. That so, is so... I'm fucked. That is fucking trippy. The though. quintuplets total birth weight. For all of them. Yeah. Was 13 pounds, 6 ounces. For five of them. So they were like 2 to 3 pounds a baby. Tiny little creature. Yeah. Tiny little thing. So tiny. They could hold them in one hand. Oh my gosh. Um, Their individual weights and measurements were actually not recorded, which is surprising. They were fucking in the weeds. There was five of them. (laughs) Um, They were immediately wrapped in cotton sheets and old napkins after their birth and laid in the corner of the bed. I mean, we could have got some new napkins, no? Uh, in the documentary I was watching, they were like, so they were like ripping up sheets and stuff. Because like, they just didn't know they didn't what expect was to have five babies. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, uh, Lizia actually went into shock, but she recovered <laughs> two hours later. So She's that's so good. fucking I mean, powerful, dude. Yeah. 
I mean, definitely people were dying. She let that man put more kids in her after that. (laughs) She did that a couple of times more. Right. So the babies were kept in a wicker basket borrowed from the neighbors, covered with heated blankets. They were brought into the kitchen and set by the open door of the stove to keep warm. Such a weird time, right? One, but you're probably like, you're probably like, like, why are you telling me this? This, uh, It's there's a lot. It's super cute so far. One by one, they were taken out of the basket and massaged with olive oil. I don't know why, but they were. And every two hours... Okay, so they preheated the babies. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just kidding. I mean, they were sat in front of an oven and then rubbed with it's olive oil. That's they, fucking That's crazy. the only way to get heat. Uh, yeah, well, no, I was just saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I get what you're saying, because they put olive oil by the oven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every two... Oh, no. Every two hours for the first 24 hours, they were fed water sweetened with corn syrup. Huh. By the second day, they were moved to a slightly they larger... Them, like, blood sugar up or something? I mean... I mean, they were tiny. I think it was just like... I don't know. Whatever they did. Whatever pulling they, at straws. It's a different time. I don't know. Um, they were moved to a slightly a larger laundry basket basket, and kept warm with hot water bottles. Then they were fed with 70-20 formula, which is cow's milk, boiled water, two spoonfuls of corn syrup, and one or two drops of rum for a stimulant. There you go. I mean, weird, right? Huh. That'll get you going. Yeah. Sounds del- just change out the rum for bourbon and then line up two of those up in the morning. So news of this crazy birth spread really quickly, mainly yeah. because um, Oliva's brother, he inquired to the local newspaper editor about how much it would charge. They would charge for an announcement of five babies at a single birth. They were like, you know, yeah, it, made it, it, it became news. Yeah. yeah. So people from all over North America were offering, you know, assistance and people sent supplies and advice um, it said that there was a famous letter that recommended tiny doses of burnt rye whiskey to prevent diarrhea. <laughs> to the babies? Yes. Yeah. And one hospital actually sent two. The 30s were crazy, bro. <laughs> one, um, one hospital actually sent two incubators as well because they're so tiny. And yeah. They're premature. And they're sitting in front of a fucking There's oven. five of them. Yeah. You know? Okay, so... Olivia Dion was actually approached by fair exhibitors for Chicago Century of Progress exhibition within days of their birth, seeking to put the quintuplets on display and show them to the world. Which, weirdly enough, at the time, it was not unusual for so-called incubator babies, which is, you know, like... Preemies and... Back in the day, I guess that's like a terrible term for that, I don't know, to be displayed at fairs and other... Um, exhibition. Look at this ultra small baby. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's it, we, it survived. This baby's lighter than a feather. The parents were persuaded to agree on the advice of the doctor. The doctor? And their family priest. What? Yeah. They were like, yeah, do it. The well-being of that, those, that's a okay, squad. Well, like, so, yeah. And the priest is like, yeah, it'll be good for them. And the doctor's like, yeah, it'll be good for them. Yeah. Pretty much. So... Oliva Dion, Dion, I keep saying Dion. Oliva Dion revoked the contract days later, citing that his wife did not actually sign it and therefore it didn't make the contract valid. Bet. Um, but the tour, tour bureau claimed otherwise. And on July 27th, 1934, the, kids, bro? the first guardianship bill was signed. And the Dion signed custody of the quadruplets over to the Red Cross. For a period of two years to protect him from this contract 
And in return, the Red Cross would cover all medical costs. Okay? So they're signing them over to the Red Cross. As opposed to the fucking carnival. Yeah, uh, well, the, yeah. The, sh- yeah, basically. Okay. Um. So they're just like... Well, no. Not necessarily. The, so, the, this whole thing with the Red Cross, right, included the nurses' wages, supplies, and ensuring that enough breast milk would be shipped to the hospital, right, to take care of uh-huh. the babies. They also oversaw the building of a hospital that was going to be built specifically for the quintuplets. Whoa. Yeah. Um, in February of 1935, the Dion's traveled to Chicago as parents, quote, parents of the world famous babies and made stage appearances. What? Yeah. The premiere of uh, Ontario. She was probably fucking pregnant through half of those. Too. Oh, right. Oh, my God. So the premier of Ontario, Mitchell Hepburn, he's like the head of government of a province or territory is what okay, that is. Okay, big shot. Because um, I didn't know. I needed to look it up. Big Mitchell shot. Hepburn used the Dion uh, vaudeville trip as an excuse to extend the guardianship. Okay. He claimed that they must save the babies from further exploitation and in March 1935 pushed the Dion Quintuplets Act through government that officially made the girls wards of the crown and extended guardianship until the age of 18. Damn. So they got them. Yeah. The government essentially owns those kids. Yeah. And I will say that like, well, they stated. And they kind of done it from the basis that the parents did like vaudeville appearances. Well, okay. So it's really weird. Like basically like this doctor kind of just took over as like, he he literally like is like, was stated like as these were like his babies. He delivered them. He's this doctor that saved these babies and they're immediately being taken care of by them. And, sure. you know, the mom wasn't like allowed to hold them or any of this after they right. they they came out, even before it was. But I think it all happened pretty fucking quickly. Yeah. Like they were automatically just being like taken care of by like these doctor, this doctor and these sure. nurses and not the parents. And the father really was not about it, but it just happened. Yeah. Um, they like, stated, I'm about having 12 kids, but I want them one at a time. <laughs> Nobody told me five at a time was a thing. The stated reason for removing the quintuplets from their parents' uh, legal custody was to ensure their survival and protection from promoters. Wow. Yeah. But like I said, like, I mean, it was like she just gave birth to all these kids and it was immediately just like not it, yeah. able to, you know, see them, raise them, or them, them and know them. Right. The government realized there was an enormous public interest in the sisters and proceeded to give rise a tourist industry around them. Of course. So. Damn, so to protect them from the... uh Uh-huh, I know, I know, right? You guys are fucking around. You guys are fucking around. So across the road from where they were born in their farm home, Uh the Defoe Hospital and Nursery was built for the five girls and their new caregivers. Wow. Yeah. So they were moved up out their house into this hospital they built for them across the street. Yeah. For these five babies. The girls were moved, like, oh, exactly what I said, um, to the nursery on September 21st, 1934, and they lived there until they were nine years old. Okay, this is like some, like, Professor Xavier Dude, it's crazy. X-Men shit. It is like... crazy. The compound had an outdoor... Compound? Pl- uh uh-huh hospital compound whatever well there was other things on it not just the but the, like but and there were, was the, a, were they healthy kids well they were premature they were they needed to be nursed back to health and like the doctor's whole thing was like 
that they needed to be like in this like quarantined type sure. environment because they were so premature and they couldn't be exposed to germs and all of this sure, stuff, sure, right? Sure. But by age like three, you know, even as oh, they were, young, yeah, they were, yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah, they were fine. The compound, yeah, because it was a compound. There was other things. Sure. But it had an outdoor playground designed to be a public observation area. Shut the fuck up. Okay. What did you just fucking say? Yeah. A public These kids are a fucking playground playing around and they're charging a fucking couple of bucks to go look at observation them. area. What the fuck? It was surrounded by a covered arcade, which allowed tourists to observe the sisters behind one-way screens. So, so the girls didn't know? See, they couldn't see the people. But they could see them. But the, the people could see them. There's nothing creepy about that. Um, And initially, I'm like watching the before, I guess before they had that built. Yeah. They literally were pulling like some Michael Jackson style shit where they were like, people were coming and they were like holding up each baby like over like the balcony. Over the guardrail. And like, well, like up with the thing that showed their name. It was like, Yvonne. Here's baby, baby number one. Put it down. And then hold up another baby. Baby number two. Yes. Yes. What? Yes. Yes. So the facility was funded by a Red Cross fundraiser. And the sisters were brought to the playground two or three times a day in front of the crowd. Okay. What It was fuck? a nine room nursery with a staff house nearby. And the staff house held three nurses and three police in charge of guarding them. Damn. Yeah. Uh, and then there was also a housekeeper, two maids that lived in If there in were the... ever an opportunity for kids to have superpowers, I feel like it's exactly <laughs> I know, right? this. Um, there was a housekeeper and two maids that lived in the main building with the uh, quintuplets. And also they called them the Quins a lot. Um, Ugh, the hate it. Building... <laughs> hate it. And the buildings were surrounded by a seven-foot barbed wire fence. Fucking What does fuck. that sound like to you? Sounds like a prison to me. Kind of sounds like a prison, yeah. You can open that. <laughs> I was going to wait for you to start talking. <laughs> so the Yon sisters were constantly tested, studied, and examined. Oh, my gosh. With records being taken of everything, right? Sure. So while living Fucking at... Fucking science experiments. Yeah. While living at the compound, they were not required to participate in chores and were privately tutored there, um, <laughs> which... I'm, I'm just thinking, like, when you said privately, like, each one of them is... By themselves getting tutored. <laughs> no, they were. I've very got a much long day. There's together. five of you. We really got to talk about the Gettysburg Address. <laughs> um, they were cared for primarily by nurses. Um, they had limited exposure to the world outside the boundaries of the compound, except for daily rounds of tourists, who the sisters said were generally heard but not seen. So like Fucking they could hear them. Weird. Yeah. And I in the documentary I watched, they said like, I think they said. For like the most of the time that they were there, they left the place like three times. In the nine years they lived like there. went out like three times, yeah. Christ, and this is the Red Cross funded it, yeah. And it's like yeah, but they're wards, uh, the of yeah. the state. I or guess whatever. that's what yeah. it is. I don't. Know. It was really sad because they were like, "Do you remember the first time that you saw your mother?" And they're like, "It was through glass." Wow. Like and and one of the neighbors of them was saying that it was like really heartbreaking because the mom like cried for the babies like every day like oh really really God. wanted her kids back which is really terrifying I mean, yeah really sad they also had occasional contact with their parents and siblings like I said just like I sure. think they would but the initially I know in the document said so the doctor like forbade them from see, being seeing their well, siblings. this guy sounds like a fucking asshole and I mean they're also constantly being filmed and there's just there's tons and tons of footage is there really yeah and the doctor like right after like did not let the parents be in any of the footage like they weren't a part of it 
Oh, and some of the neighbors and like other people who were around said that like when like articles and stuff came out, it was just like the quintuplets. Like the parents weren't mentioned like at all. Wow. Yeah. So that's so fucking crazy. Uh, every morning they dressed together in a big bathroom, had doses of orange juice and cod liver oil. Sure. And then they went to have their hair curled because they wanted they wanted them all to be all the to exact look the same. Exact same. They then said a prayer, a gong was sounded, and they ate breakfast in the dining room. This is out of a fucking movie. What the fuck are you talking about? It's, this happened? Listen, this there this is crazy. The rest of this is this just this paragraph is crazy. After 30 minutes, they had to clear the table. They then went and played in the sunroom for 30 minutes, then took a 15-minute break, and at 9 o'clock had their morning inspection with Dr. Defoe. Okay. Every month, they had a different timetable of activities. They bathed every day before dinner and put on their pajamas. Dinner was served at precisely 6 o'clock. They then went into the quiet playroom to say their evening prayers. Okay. Each girl had a color and a symbol to mark whatever belonged to her. What? Annette's color was... Some fucking Umbrella Academy it's wild. weird shit, dude. Annette's color was red, and her design was a maple leaf. Uh, Cecile's was green. I think it's... I don't know if it's Cecile or C- Cecil. Cecile. Cecile's was green and a turkey. Um, mm-hmm. Emily had white and a tulip. Marie was blue and a teddy bear. And Yvonne was pink and a bluebird. Wow. Weird, right? It's like some psychological conditioning type shit. I don't know. It's just like, like, I guess just to. I see it in my head like I've seen this. It's like a, this is like some shit you'd see on like a TV show. It is wild. The conditioning and all of that already sounds fucking weird, dude. Okay, get this. I'm get, Give it to me. Approximately 3,000 people uh-huh. per day visited the Shut observation the gallery that sounded the outdoor, uh, surrounded the outdoor playground. 3,000 people a day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Parking was provided and almost 3 million people walked through the gallery between 1936 and 1943 to see the girls. That is so like, fucking remarkable. Some of the, what the fuck? people, like the neighbors and stuff in the documentary I was watching, I didn't get through the whole thing, but I got through most of it. Yeah. And they were like saying This is that, fucking crazy. Like people in the um, neighboring areas, you know, would like, like rent out their rooms to people. There was Airbnb. People were coming it. from England, everywhere. Oh, Watch all, out for that whole ass microphone. All kinds of places to come and see these girls. What? Like this one kid, he was like, who lived near it. He was like, my mom would like just put us out on the deck on a mattress and rent out our rooms to people to come and like see these, <laughs> like these quintuplets. And they would like, I mean, it was a huge line of people what coming in to go see them. Just like. Play. The things that motherfuckers used to congregate for. Yeah. Just, it's crazy. And it was like really weird. There was this one clip I was watching of this guy like filming them with a camera. And they were probably like two or three. Oh my God. And he's like walking back backwards, like, and having them like follow, like, you know, they're following after because they're interested. And he like stepped over like a fence and they're just kind of like at the fence, like animals recording them. It's so weird. It's weird. So. And see, that's why like TV is a fucking good thing because people aren't driving. And flying a thousand miles to watch quintuplets play in a fucking cage. It's so weird. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. You know, like, people used to just, like, go to, like, anytime there was, like, a heinous murder, where it's like, now it's an attraction. I mean, it's like a freak show. Yeah, 35 cents. Like, you know, like. It's fucked up, dude. In its own way. I mean, they're being taken care of. They're not being, like. But they're know, being exploited, certainly. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure they're, I'm, I mean, it wasn't free, I'm sure, to, like, see them. 
Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. And another thing was that, like, they they would rent out binoculars, to, like, so that they could, like, look at them. Like, that was a big thing. I gotta get to a closer get look. Get binoculars. And the Creepy, guy, the guy yeah. who, like, I think the guy who, like, rented them out, he was like, and it just shows you what the time was like, because... We never lost any of those binoculars. Everybody returned every one of them. And I was and like, who the fuck cares and about let me tell you binoculars? Something. That's the America I want to live in, <laughs> is when you're going to stare at the kids in the cage, you, yeah. bring, back your, you bring back your binoculars. It's so weird. Okay. What the so, fuck, dude? Oliva Dion, the dad, ran a souvenir shop and a woolen store. What, what kind of souvenirs? And Okay, so the area acquired the name Quintland. This whole like compound, right? It became <laughs> called Quintland, and the signage and the things that I was seeing—it's just crazy. So this is the souvenirs. I can't believe this. I've never heard anything about this. I hadn't either. This is crazy. Uh, when I talked to my dad earlier, I was like, I'm, "He's like, what are you doing?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm doing podcast research." And I mentioned it, and he was like, "Never heard of it." And I was like, "Man, that's crazy." So the souvenirs picturing the five sisters included autographs and framed photographs, spoons, cups, plates. Plaques, candy bars, books, postcards, and dolls. All the kind of shit your mom would buy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Available to the public for free. This is really weird. In bins were stones from the area that claimed to have the magical power of fertility. And it was so popular that the bins had to be refilled almost every single day. People were coming in getting these stones that Uh had the magical power of fertility. In 1934. Well, 40s. Between the, yeah. Yeah. Right before World War II, we were doing shit like this. We were also watching kids in a cage, basically. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's fucked up. This is in Canada, yeah? Yeah. I thought you guys were, you guys are cool, though. (laughs) The quintuplets brought in more than, how much do you think? Money. $50 million. Dude, you're spot on. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Remote viewing. More than 50 million dollars in total tourist revenue to ontario wow yeah what the fuck quintland became ontario's biggest tourist attraction of the era actually surpassing shit. the canadian side of niagara falls people wanted to see kids walking around more what than they wanted to great see wonders of niagara the world. falls isn't Y'all that are crazy fucking weird you guys you see you guys are fucking weird. Hollywood stars. No, it's not. No, it's people coming to them. I mean, yeah, like, old, from... old timey. I mean, but honestly, like if we were deprived of the internet and we were deprived of televisions and smartphones and you're like, I hear there's a, there's a thing in Canada. It's no, like a, you know what it's it like was? a theme was... park and there's a bunch of kids. We did have it. It was called John and Kate plus eight. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everybody's freaked out. Everybody about watched that. that show. Wow. Now she's like a Karen meme. Yeah. Yeah. How the mighty have fallen. And she had, I don't think their story ended well, as I recall. No, they got a divorce and... He got a bunch of trouble and shit. I don't know. He was like... He I was, never watched it. It was I not my either. jam. I definitely, definitely. And then there's the other show, The Duggars. They got all those kids. I don't know. I don't know, man. They've got like t- t- so many. Almost as many kids as fucking... Yeah. For real. Jeez. And they got in trouble too. So, well, one of their sons did. It's, cause don't exploit stuff. your fucking kids, bro. No, he did bad. He was like a... Oh, well, fuck him. Bad molester or something. Fuck Shit him. like that or something. Yeah, fuck that guy. I don't guy. know, guys. Don't quote me on it. Oh, we're quoting you, <laughs> Okay, so Hollywood stars came to Colander to visit the Quints, such as Clark Gable. James, oh, wow, big guy. James Stewart. Betty Davis. James Stewart. Isn't it that guy? Talks like this. Oh. Christmas story. A Christmas story. I have no idea. Nah. That's really weird. Arsenic and lace. 
No. Okay. Betty Davis, James Cagney, and Mae West. Betty Davis. Yeah. Who the fuck is Betty Davis? Is that the old lady from Golden Girls? No. Was she young Betty no. Davis then? I, Betty White. <laughs> Betty White? Thinking, Betty White is from Golden Girls. Yeah, yeah. I was like, damn, she really is immortal. You. She's going to attractions in the 30s. She was the one. Betty Davis is the one. It was like her and Joan Crawford. You know? Her arch enemies. I think that's what it was. She's like a big actress. She was a big actress. And she went to see these kids? Mm-hmm. Um, as well as Amelia Earhart uh, went and saw them six weeks before her flight in 1937 well now we know what happened by the age of oh wait no that's not where i met so the sisters with their like likenesses and images and then sure. being sure. you know five of the same thing curly haired little children of the corn along with dr defoe were used to publicize commercial products including caro corn syrup and quaker oats Wow. They also promoted the sale of condensed milk, toothpaste, disinfectant, and many other products. Wow. By the age of two, they were making $200,000 a year. The kids were or the doctor was? The kids, well, on their, on them, the kids were. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. On being like their faces of these like, get Quaker Oats because these five eat them. Because we survive. We're Weird. alive. We exist. So the girls starred in three Hollywood feature films. What? Which were... We, this is really weird. They were actually fictionalized versions of their story in which in the films they played the Wyatt quintuplets, not, not the Dion. Yeah. But they were, they, but it was then. It was like a fictionalized version of them. Sure. So weird. So there was The Country Door. Sorry, I thought that was really good. Oof. The Country Door in 19... Like, what kind of films are they making over here? In 1936, Five of a Kind in 1938, and Reunion in 1936. Wow. And they were still just babies. They were born in a in lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Look at this weird. Look at this little like that's a quilt that like was made like with their, all their faces on it. The wow, that's creepy. So yeah, like in the first two films, they didn't like act as much as just like appear sure. in the movies, you know. And the scenes were just like of them, I guess, like playing and stuff. Uh huh. Um, they were actually filmed. The scenes were filmed at Quintland. Um, because you said they only left a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, so they came there to, yeah. to film them and stuff. Um, both films concentrated more on the story of the heroic doctor who delivered the Wyatts and Weird. took care of them. Fuck this guy. Yeah, I know, right? There's also, like, some something that was really sad I was watching in the documentary was they were talking about, like, how they would, like, film these, like, lavish birthday parties for them. But then, like, the boxes were just empty. The presents were <laughs> empty. They didn't have presents oh, in them. No. And the cake wasn't even real. Like, they would cut it, but they, it wasn't, they were like, we never had cake. What? It wasn't cake. Yeah. So weird. That's fucking weird. And sad. Yeah. Get them kids some cake. So. Get them their parents. The Quint- Dude, I know, right? The quintuplets also appeared in a short documentary film called Five Times Five in 1939. The film was actually nominated for an Oscar in 1940. Oh, my gosh. I know, right? In 1942, they appeared in one of James Fitzpatrick's Travel Talks, Land of the Quintuplets. Cool. Yeah. And um, three of the sisters, I will say, end up going on to do the documentary that I was watching, which is Full Circle, The Untold Story of Dion Quintuplets. Uh Uh-huh. And that was in, like, 1998. Um, I was going to say, they'd be hella old. They'd be, like, 90 years old. 80 years old, 90 years old. When? Now. Oh, yeah. They were born in like the 30s. They'd be fucking old as shit. It's 20 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The year that wasn't. 
So by 1939, Dr. Defoe had resigned as guardian and Oliva, the dad, was gaining more support to be able to get and have his family reunited. Nice. So in 1942, the family moved into the nursery with the quintuplets while they were waiting for their new home to be uh, completed. Okay. And in November 1943, the entire Dion family moved into their new home. It was a yellow brick 20-room mansion. What? Mm-hmm. Which was paid for out of the quintuplets fund. What? Because they had been making so much money. They're just, they're fucking, that little YouTube kid, what's his name? Tool time? Ryan. <laughs> yeah, they're just, that, just the 30s Ryan's version. Ryan's story review. Yeah. So the home had many amenities that were very luxurious for them, you know, at the time, including telephones, electricity, hot water, and it was nicknamed the Big House. Oh my gosh. It's called that because it's big. <laughs> the building now is a retirement home, apparently. It, that's how big it is. Yeah. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Just, y'all weren't too mad. Well, I'll get more. Yeah. In. i get more oh, into that. Oh, okay. Okay. So, the nursery was eventually converted into an accredited schoolhouse where the sisters finished their secondary education. Okay. And it's just really weird because they finished along with 10 girls from the area that were just chosen to attend. Weird. So, I guess like that's their first... Interaction with other Is, like, their second... I guess... So, that would be, like... Is it like, like I said they were they lived at that place until they were nine. So like, like middle school, late elementary, I guess, and secondary. Middle school. It's yeah. probably a different thing now, and we don't know how they fucking do shit in Canada. But like, they it's just different. picked ten people to yeah. come. Yeah, we're gonna pick your friends. We're gonna bring them here. Yeah. Also, they were. I don't know if I already said this or not, but it, it was said like the they were saying that the nurses, the nurses were not to the nurses were not supposed to show them, like, love or affection or attention Whoa. and stuff. They weren't supposed to really give them much. So they never really had that. Um, right. And they, like, when they were first born, they could be held in, like, one hand. Oh, my gosh. They were oh, tiny one of the nurses said, wait, I wrote it down. What did she say? I don't know, buddy. One of the nurses said that the babies sounded like mosquitoes when they were crying because they were so little. Oh, my gosh. Like, I don't even know what that sounds like. Like, that's weird. Ugh. Yeah, it's just like it just didn't even make sense that this thing was a lie, like this little tiny. Oh my baby. gosh! I know, crazy, so crazy. Okay, so the parents claimed um, that they wished to integrate the quintuplets into back into the family. Sure, but they still frequently traveled to perform at various functions, uh-huh. and they still had them dressed. Identically. Okay, so you guys are exploiting them too. According to um, the sisters, the parents often treated them at home as a five-part unit and frequently lectured them about the trouble that they had caused the family by existing. Oof. Yeah. That's great for the self-esteem. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine going into this home where like, you don't know your parents, you don't yeah. know your siblings, that's not who's been It was your fault you were born. Yeah. Um, they were sometimes denied privileges that the other children got, and they were strictly, more strictly disciplined and punished than the other kids. Oh, no. They also received a heavier share of the housework and farm work, and they were unaware for many years that the house and expensive food and all these cars that they were enjoying was were paid for theirs? by the money they earned. It was theirs. They didn't even know. Like, they wow. didn't even, like, realize that they were, like making all the financing money. their yeah, parents exactly yeah, wow in particular the dad was resentful and suspicious of outsiders as a result of his having lost custody of the girls and in 1995 the three 
surviving. So in 1995, there were still only three sisters um, alive or whatever. We'll get, I'll get more into that. Alleged that their father had actually sexually abused them during their Fuck. teenage years. So I don't know. I hope that sucks if that's the case. But. That sucks. So the quintuplets actually left the family home when they turned 18 years old. Collectively. They were all uh-huh. like, we're fucking Bye. out. Yeah. And in 1952, uh, oh, sorry, in 1952, and had little contact with their parents after that. Three went on to marry and have children. Marie had two daughters. Annette had three sons. And Cecile had five children, including mm-hmm. one who actually died oh, no. in infancy. And she ended up having twins, Bruno and... I was, I was going to be like, I wonder if any of them are going to I don't know how you say this other kid's name. Bertrand? B-E-R-T-R-A-N-D? Bertrand. Bertrand. Um, Emily devoted her brief life to becoming a nun. Oh. Um, Yvonne finished nursing school before turning to sculpting, and then she later became a librarian. Hmm. Huh. Um, Emily, this is really sad. She died at 20. Oh, no. As a result of a seizure. It's really fucked up, too. She had been having a bunch of seizures while she was living at this um, convent. Uh-huh. And had asked to not be left unattended. Um, but the nun who was supposed to be watching her thought that she was just asleep. So she went to mass. Oh, and no. Emily had another seizure and rolled into her belly. Oh, no. And she was unable to get her face up out of the pillow. So she accidentally suffocated. Oh, my God. I know. Dude. I know. That's so sad. That's so sad. In 1970, Marie was living alone in an apartment, and her sisters were worried about her after not hearing from her for several days. So a doctor went to her home and found her in her bed, um, Marie having been dead for a few days. Oh, no. Um, Her estranged husband quickly reported to the media that there had been a blood clot in her brain. So I don't know that sounds a little fishy You killed her. But, yeah, so. You killed her, That's sad. So that's two of them. Yeah. That had passed. So that leaves the remaining, the remaining three, three for that documentary. Sure. Um, Annette and Cecile both eventually divorced. And by the 1990s, the three surviving sisters started living together again. In, oh, my goodness. Yeah, in a Montreal suburb. So they all moved in back in. Together. That is so yeah. cute. In 1965, author James Bro, <laughs> B-R-O-U-G-H, wrote a book uh, with the four surviving sisters at that point. Okay. They were still, when he started that book, there was, they, the well, yeah, four right, of right, them right. were still alive. Um, but it's, it's called We Were Five. Um, Pierre Breton <laughs> published a biography called The uh, Dion Years, a 30s melodrama in 1977. Okay. And John Nimey and Stuart Foxman published the fictional Time of Their Lives, The Dion Tragedy in 1986. Um, and the book was the basis for the 1994 TV miniseries Million Dollar Babies. What do you know? Yeah, just a little. I never had heard of any of that. I know. In 1997, the three surviving sisters wrote it, oh, which is crazy to me that, like, in 1997, there's yeah. still three of them. You know, there. And it, it is also crazy to me because in the documentary, well, they, they were born in the 30s, so they'd be in their 60s. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But they didn't look very that similar to me. At that stage of their lives. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Which the documentary is, was old. Like, it's very dated. Yeah, it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so in 1997, the three surviving sisters wrote a letter to the parents of the McCoffey septuplets. So I guess this is another big thing that uh-huh. happened. Uh, warning against allowing too much publicity for the children. So I'm going to read you the letter. Because okay. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. They said, Dear Bobby and Kenny, if we emerge momentarily from the privacy, we have sought 
all our adult lives, it is only to send a message to the McCoffey family. We three would like you to know we feel a natural affinity and tenderness for your children. We hope your children receive more respect than we did. Their fate should be no more different from that of other children. Multiple births should not be confused with entertainment, nor should they be an opportunity to sell products. Yeah, man. Our lives have been ruined by that exploit by the exploitation we suffered at the hands of the government of Ontario, our place of birth. We were displayed as a curiosity three times a day for millions of tourists. To this day, we receive letters from all over the world. To all those who have expressed their support in light of the abuse we have endured, we say thank you. And to those who would seek to... And to those who would seek to exploit the growing fame of these children, we say beware. We sincerely hope a lesson will be learned from examining how our lives are forever altered by our childhood experience. If this letter changes the course of events for these newborns, then perhaps our lives have served a higher purpose. Oh my goodness. Sincerely, Annette, Cecile, and Yvonne. Oh my goodness, man. Isn't that sad? But I think that was good to read because it shows you like their feelings on it. They were like, we were, this was not good. We like, we were exploited. In 1998, the sisters reached a $2.8 million settlement with Ontario government uh, as compensation for their exploitation. Good. Um, and as of December 2019, two sisters, Annette and, and Cecile, were still alive. See, I keep saying Cecil or Cecile. I don't... Yeah. Either way. Yvonne actually died in 2001. Oh. Also, not long after how. they got that settlement or whatever. Yeah. 98. Wow. So then I'm just going to go on to tell you about a couple of the um, things that museums and things that have come from it. Museums and things. Um, yeah. <laughs> a sibling of the quintuplets was the first to open the Dion home as a museum. Uh-huh. The original family home was moved around 1960 and again in 1985 to North Bay. So they moved, actually moved the house. The they, whole museum. Yeah. And converted, well, the house that was in a And they converted oh, wow. it into a nonprofit Dion Quintuplets Museum. Wow. Yeah. The museum features many artifacts from the Quint's early days and their growing years. Um, October 2016, the museum closed and the city was actually considering selling the building as a surplus. But a petition circulated by the the citizens around the town to have it designated and preserved as, as a, a historical monument. structure. Dope. Yeah. On November 9th, 2017, the city of North Bay announced plans to move the house to a new site. And um, it reopened in spring 2019. Wow. Yeah. Um, on July 21st, 1981, the Colander Bay Heritage Museum opened to the public. And the museum located uh, in... The prior home and practice of Dr. Defoe. So that was, they use his home for this. I just want you to know, every time you said Defoe, I've thought about Willem. I know. Uh, It tells the story of the Dion quintuplets. Five minutes down the road from the museum is the original Quintland site. Yvonne, Annette, and Cecile, and some of their children actually visited it in 1986. Whoa. And then lastly, I just want to close it. There are so, they are referenced in pop culture so much like look at all this wow so much that's like all this i'm not gonna read them all but there were some that i thought were interesting that like i don't know why they were brought up in those scenarios so one was in the 1941 film dumbo oh really a musical number titled look out for mr stork contains lyrics mentioning those quintuplets and the woman in the shoe Huh. Which I guess is, you know, to them. Sure. Uh, Steven Sodheim. Sodheim? Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. 
referenced the quintuplets in his song I'm Still Here from the musical Follies with the line, I got through uh, Abby's Irish Rose, five Dion babies, major bows. Weird. This is weird that they're like mentioned in stuff like Strange lyricism. Something more really recent. The fourth episode of the Amazon show, The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh, because it it takes place back in the day. It's called The Disappointment of the Dion Quintuplets. Whoa. I know. The uh, publicity around the birth and display of the quintuplets inspired the 1999 episode of The Simpsons, Eight Misbehaving. Okay. Weird. In 2018, the birth of the quintuplets was named a national historic event. Whoa. Yeah. And lastly, Disney has Pluto's Quintuplets that came out in 1937. Stop it. It was the first animated short officially starring Pluto. And it was cleverly created in the wake of the 1930s craze, kicked up by the uh, celebrated Dion Quintuplets. Pluto and Fifi are seen as Mr. and Miss Pluto and the parents of five mischievous mini Plutos. That is so funny. And that is the story of the Dion Quintuplets. Wow. I know there was no murder or anything like that or ghosts. That was interesting. But I just found it to be such a fucking bizarre thing that I never heard about. That is so fucking crazy, man. Yeah. And two of them are still alive. Yeah. Troopers. Two out of five. Making it. I mean, I just was so baffled by that. Yeah, no, that was rad. I can't believe they were like a fucking tourist attraction. Just some kids. Like, the fact that that was a thing, that was able to be a thing. Yeah. Is so bonkers to me. Absolutely nuts. So much so to the point where they like have a museum and they're like very often still to this day referenced in pop culture. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, good job, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, that Hopefully was that was interesting story. enough. Y'all, let's I guess it's think. good that you're not doing a story because we're already an hour in. <laughs> well, I didn't want you to have to rush, buddy. I was being considerate when I didn't prepare my <sighs> yeah, story. Yeah, so you can find the documentary on YouTube. That's what I was watching it on. Oh, nice, nice. It was nice. interesting to watch it. Yeah. But yeah, there's that. I loved it. That was really interesting. Thanks. Good job, buddy. <laughs> well, guys. Thank you all so much uh, for listening. Yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Reach out. Email us with your stories, your suggestions. Um, At... How you feel about We drink things. and we know things podcast at gmail.com. There's yeah. also an email thing on our website, which is we drink and we know things.com. Leave us reviews. Do we it. Love that. Ham we sandwich. Freak the fuck out. Ham sandwich, dip it to whatever y'all want. <laughs> and just thank y'all so much for hanging out with us, man. We'll see you. We'll see you guys real soon. Alrighty. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> bye. 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 Huh? You sound like one of the Sanderson's. Hey, bye-bye. <laughs>